Hello, and welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings toward our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. There I was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. I am Chicky. Uh, you can find me on Blue Sky Social at the username Chicky. Easy to find. Um, and tonight I'm joined by Kama. Hi, I'm Kama. And you can also find me on Blue Sky Social at Kama Splice. Perfect. Um, tonight we are covering um, A Storm of Swords, John's, uh, which chapter is this? Ninth chapter, is it? Tenth chapter. Ninth chapter? I, I love these games. Ninth not, chapter. It's nice. John nine, John nine. You know, I have to put these at the beginning because we have, we occasionally repost like our episodes and I realize how important it is to put the chapter that we're doing at the beginning to make sure that I've got the right chapter. So very, very much going to make sure this is John chapter nine of the storm of swords that we're going to be covering today. Um, So the, to set things up, basically this is a continuation of, of John being left the the child in charge trying to defend the wall um, against Mance Raider and the entire force of the free folk from beyond the wall. Um, and we pick up there several days into the battle and exhausted. I was exhausted reading this comma. How did you feel? <laughs> the sa- yes. Especially when he talked about like the noise that just the chopping or whatever that's continuously going on. And I was like, Oh man, I, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it seems it seems both monotonous and tedious and exhausting. And then also there's the element of like they're on top of the wall, it's cold, and they're all terrified because they don't know how they're going to be able to stop this massive army. They've just got a very few people left to defend the wall, even fewer than they had in the last chapter. Of course, Donald Noy and crew died in the tunnel down below, and they lost one of their archers on top of the wall who somehow and like i still don't understand how anyone from below was able to pick one of them off but it did happen somebody got hit in the leg and fell completely off the wall um they they've seen some pretty horrible things mance has sent a few waves of 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 uh his his force at the wall they've seen a bunch of mammoths and giants die which is upsetting for everyone um including me really makes me sad when the mammoths die i don't know why get really upset about it um so anyway, they know that they know that Mance is building a new siege engine out somewhere in the forest that they can't see, and they are just waiting um, to see what it will be. Um, so there's kind of a little sense of dread that's happening here. Yeah. Um, and John is physically having a really hard time with his injuries. Obviously, he is not being able to like you know take care of himself or recuperate. I don't know. Maybe the cold is helping with his leg. Who knows? Maybe there's a little bit of a, you know, getting regularly iced on your injuries that will help a little bit in the long run. <laughs> Just throw yeah, that I, out. I think he's, he's in real life, I mean, he'd be dead, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. sepsis would have set in or whatever. I mean, there's no antibiotics. I mean, basically all they have are what sound like opiates, so. Yeah. Well, don't forget the boiled wine, comma. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's totally... 
Totally, totally antiseptic. Um, so anyway, they are they're 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 making their defense. John has had uh, Gren fill some some big barrels with water so that it could freeze into hard ice things so that they can drop it on whatever this next siege engine will be because they're out of pitch. It sounds like they don't the uh, Mance has figured out you know that they're they're shooting flaming arrows at things so he's covering everything in. Um, animal skins so that they won't burn so it's just kind of like a war of attrition between Mance and John at this point like who who can come up with the better siege craft um, and they're just kind of whittling away at one another so eventually of course the the dreaded siege engine comes into view um, mostly though because John has um, Maester Eamon's it sounds like telescope yes what is yes, it called here that was my read on it a mirish something I forget what they called it. Mirish oh, George. Eye. Yeah, a mirish eye. George. God. Just fucking call it a telescope. I don't care if it's an anachronism. Just do it. Anyway. Um, so he's watching. He sees some of the some of his familiar friends in, in uh Mance's camp. He sees Mance's tent. He sees Dalla, who sounds incredibly pregnant, like, wow, ready to ready to pop. He sees Val. He sees Tormund and a couple of Tormund's kids um, by the sto- by the siege engine. So eventually this engine comes into view and it is what everyone on top of the wall is calling the turtle. Um, <laughs> it sounds like an upside down boat is the concept, correct? Is that what you read from it, comma? So I guess so. I, I'm not really good with this this stuff. And then I'm like, what the hell? It's a, so that's as good a description as any, I think. I guess, uh, yeah. So it's like, I, I guess just think of it as like a turtle shell concept that's covered in um, in skins. And so, of course, they kind of try to shoot it, and it won't catch on fire. And shooting it does nothing. And they're catapulting some rocks at it, and and you know, doing the best with their siege engines that they can. But Mance has figured out how to kind of avoid the siege engines. And so, anyway, um, John can see that that inside this thing are are definitely people who are ready to just um, destroy the gate and uh, get under the wall once they can push this thing up against it so that they can't be hit from above. So uh, long story short, they take these barrels of ice that Gren has and they um, use them to drop uh, on, on the turtle as you might expect. And they, they do work. John, John wins another, another round with these big, ice barrels i was sitting there going man you'd think with the force it would take to push one of these barrels over you might accidentally follow it over and i was like why isn't john having them like tie ropes around their waist and then i was like i was way overthinking this well Um, i mean okay this is where like george's like sense of scale often like drives me batshit because like the wall is supposed to be what i forget how tall but it's insane 700 feet. I think we just saw it in the last chapter. 700 feet. So, last John chapter. I mean, just logistically, how you aim something that far, like, you know, like how you yes. aim an arrow up and hit someone that high, how you, it, you, you manage to, you know, push one of these giant things off without killing yourself. And also you know, as it's falling, you know, I, I get like, this is a slow moving siege engine. It's not like real, but I mean, all of this stuff, like it, it sort of beggars belief to me. And if it yes. had been a normal sized, let's say a normal sized wall, like even just 
an exceptionally tall wall, it would have made more sense to me. But there we are. From 700 feet, they can't even see down. I mean, like, Pip is, like, having to take these, you know, like, crazy little lean out over the edge to even look down and see what's going on at the bottom of the wall. I can't imagine that they could aim well enough to get this barrel where they want it, but uh, we'll just let it go. They do. (laughs) They do get it done. And I mean, it is, it is, it is, it is a good idea dealing with what they have left, which is, it sounds like almost nothing. Like they're just, you know, they're hurling rocks and they're literally dropping ice. (laughs) I was going to say they're throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. They're throwing stuff off the wall to see what sticks, you know? Yeah, basically I, I, and I was like, well, they must be running out of barrels too, if they're out of pitch. And, and like John says, they don't have anyone to make more arrows for them. So they only have as many as they have. And anyway, it's, it's, it's pretty bleak. Um, but this this one time things work, and so John and and crew just kind of take the victory. Which who can blame them for that? Well, yeah, I mean, you have to take that. You have to take that brief moment of okay, we've got that done to regroup and to refresh yourselves. And yes, yes. So they um, or John goes down uh, off the wall to get some rest. He, I think he thinks he's going to get some dream wine from Maester Eamon, but I don't remember if he actually did it. Um, and when he wakes up, he wakes up to a not great situation. He's got four guys he doesn't know who are, you know, dragging him away somewhere. They take him to what used to be um, Lord Commander Mormont's office, I guess you'd call it. And yeah. yeah, yeah, his quarters. He goes in and he finds, well, one of his favorite people, which is Alistair Thorne. But it's even worse than that, even though he doesn't know it. He is about to meet um, the one and only Janice Slint. What a guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, of course, Who, of course, we know. We know him well, but John does not does not know him well. And he's, of course, been sent to the wall because of being um, an asshole. I think we have Tyrion to thank for this, don't we? We do, because Tyrion yeah. figured out and got him out of there is like, and his solution was, hey, I'll send more men and I'll get this asshole out of my life. And he sure did get him out of his out of his life and out of his hair and right into John's life and into John's hair. Um, so Janice Slint immediately is calling John a traitor. It's very obviously that um, Alistair Thorne thinks John is a traitor because of... Um, everything he did be on the wall. And um, they bring out a gotcha witness who is Rattleshirt that they have captured. And Rattleshirt says, oh yeah, you know, John totally forsook his vows and killed Corrin Halfhand and blah, blah, blah. And John is very set up and it doesn't matter that Maester Eamon and some of the other people are there are like, no, no, John's... It's all cool. We're, we're good. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter. Um, he is being railroaded and he is... Uh, going to be accused of being a traitor to the Night's Watch because John cannot get a break. No one in, in this book series can get a break for even a moment. Well, he did. And actually, I do remember he did get dream wine because he slept well. So he did have his little nap and that's supposed to hold him, I guess. Hey, it's the little things. It is the little things like that that do help. So, John, you got one good night's sleep, so that's just going to have to do you for the next year. A couple years, yeah. Um, did we have any mail on this chapter, comma? We did. Um, Buck O'Hare on our Discord, uh, the Jamie Brand um, Discord, asks, how could the wildlings get through? 
Oh. How could they or how did, how you mean like? Um, they said, how could they? I'm assuming with this turtle thing, which I'm guessing is like a, I still, I, I got to confess the turtle kind of threw me. I really, I'm assuming it was like a, you know, like a siege engine battering type deal with the men. Yeah. Under. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It seemed, I don't know. When I was hearing about the turtle, I was like, this seems like one of the more earlier stage of siege weapons that you might try rather than a later stage. But I guess maybe Mance, Mance might've been just biding his time, you know, not, not wanting to rush things. He might've been thinking about using the horn. God knows what he's thinking over there. Um, or he might've been distracting John with this, but we know that he's not. So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how they could have gotten through. I think probably just sheer numbers. If he could have, if Mance could have disciplined his, his troops well enough to just keep them plowing through. I mean, they already kind of did it once at night, probably would do it at night again. Um, and they got through one of the three gates. And I think probably they would need to just, just, just keep going and just keep dying until they got through. That's how. Well, I mean, my read on this is with the numbers they have and with the numbers that are in the wall, which we know, like, I'm feeling like the addition of um, Alistair and Jano Slint there, I mean, that probably, like, upped their numbers by, like, what, 20% or something? I mean, like, they clearly do not have these men. I'm assuming that at some point it's just inevitable that the wildlings are going to be able to get through. Yeah, I think this sheer force of numbers, if if they could stay, you know, concentrated and on task, um, you know, like like John is thinking disciplined soldiers probably would have done it already. Um, John's pretty convinced that they can get through. So. They, have like, they have like thousands, right? I mean, a hundred thousand. It was like a yeah, hundred thousand. Yeah. Against what, like 30, 40 people? I mean, yeah, it's going to happen. It's just when when. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's what that's about. Um, I don't. Can we talk? I mean, I remember reading the stuff with Janos and Alistair, and I'm just being like, really, this just seems very. I mean, I know why it's there. Yeah. Well, there's an element of I, I guess the same thing that led to John being in charge would lead to Janos Slint immediately being in charge. And I know there's this thing with the Night's Watch where um, all of your former crimes get immediately erased the minute that you join the Night's Watch. So it doesn't matter that he's, you know, a piece of garbage, um, you know, but and obviously there is a, a huge preference for noble born people, um, especially people with titles. And he is known to be a soldier because he was in charge of the. Uh, the gold cloaks in in King's Landing. So I can see how he would end up with with some control and in command. It's a little surprising that he would have a higher rank than Alice or Thorne, to be honest, because Thorne's been there for so long, and well, the mean, Night's Watch tends to favor longer term veterans. But I, I guess I would have thought like Alistair would have been the guy. Yeah, um, yeah. Because again, he also has the title. He's been there. Well, and Alistair, unlike Janice Slint, who, I mean, does have a last name, so clearly is not, like, from, like, the lower, like, orders of society, but Janice Slint very much doesn't have the vibe of of much of a noble um, right. in, in the earlier books. Um, he's very much a, a climber, a social climber, and, and reaching above himself. And the Gold Cloaks is also not a very distinguished place 
to be, despite the fact that, like, Jamie tries to put Brienne in the gold cloaks and Adam Marbrand ends up in, you know, taking command of the gold cloaks. You kind of get the vibe that that's a temporary thing. It's not not yeah. something one would aspire to. So I guess um, I was more surprised that it wasn't Alistair. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I think we're just supposed to, I don't know. I don't know what we're supposed to think. It is it is odd because there is such a preference. The one thing that seems to take prefer like you know precedence in the Night's Watch is just you know the length of your service. Seniority really does seem to matter to them. So I don't know because I mean that's how you see that's how you see the occasional you know Donald Noy and Bowen Marsh kind of you know getting a little bit out ahead of some of the actual real major nobility is that they they've been there so long. But. Well, I think it's like the competence of it, you know, like they are competent, you know, seasoned yeah. men who know what they're doing. And, you know, as much as of a jerk as Alistair is, like he is a competent seasoned man who knows what he's doing. He has personality issues, but, you know. <laughs> Major. Uh, but I mean, like, he's not like, he's not an empty, I mean, he has, he has a skill set, I guess is what I'm saying. And he has, I would have thought it would have been him, but yeah, dealing with George and the, you know, the the telescope that can see. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that distance and all this. Well, actually that's not unfeasible. I think they had, um, I think in our middle ages, they had things like that, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. I guess Cotter Pike's the one we need to ask. I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> what, what are you thinking, buddy? Yeah, he's not. He won't be doing too well, will he? Or is he already dealing with? Isn't he the dead things in the water? Yes. Yeah. East Watch. Yes. The yes. Is he in a preview chapter for wins? Is that what we know about Cotter Pike? I cannot. Comma, thank God some of this stuff does not have room in my brain anymore. I can't remember. I don't remember. I literally, so inside baseball, like I, you know, I read the thing and I have to look people up now because it's just, it's, it's just that nuts. No, Cotter Pike shows up early on. He has appearances in um, Game of Thrones and I think in Dance... Yeah, in dance, we did say we spoil everything, right? Um, oh, yeah, oh, big time. So in dance, oh, John sends him off to East Watch, I think. And when he gets to Hard Home, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is from the wiki. He has lost five ships, and the wildlings are eating their own dead. Uh, the undead are, yeah, and he sends that letter um, about the dead things in the water. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. You're right. Yeah. So it's Cotter, Cotter, Cotter Pike is dealing with hard home. Yeah. Yep. Oh God. No, I have to look this stuff up too, because it's been that long. It's not like when I was immersed in the fandom and could have like conversed about somebody's ancestry. And all that. Yeah. And you know, I think this is the longest I've gone, even though we are doing a very slow reread. I think this is the longest I've gone without doing a, a total reread of the books. I, I used to always like reread them every like other year or something. And I just, I don't think I've reread them since right after the stupid show ended. So I mean, the show did a number on my love of the fandom and all that. And yeah, it's, yeah. I just know. stick to Jamie. I just stick to Jamie and Brienne chapters now. I'm just like, I oh, just, I don't. I do. I mean, I do. This is some of my, um, I do like the stuff with the wall and I do like um, in dance. I really do like the John 
chapters and the stuff with Stannis and all that is, is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I like John too. I just was like so upset when, when he killed John at the end of dance. I mean, I realized John is coming back, but you know, we weren't yeah. sure of that for quite a while and you never know with George and yeah, it kind of, kind of, kind of gave John a doomed feeling to me. I feel like even if, even whatever they do to bring him back, I feel like he's still got a, some kind of doom around him, whether that means he actually physically dies or not. Anyway, I am. And I love, it I love how this is a depressing chapter, and then I'm going to make it more depressing by predicting. Well, and it, it, it wouldn't be an episode of Close the Door if we didn't, you know, you know talk about how we're never going to find out. So it's very on brand for us. We got to hit the we got to hit the we'll never know button once it's a podcast. Well, if you have or sorry, comma, do you have anything no, else? No, I'm all good. Okay, if you have um, thoughts you would like to share about Cotterpike or John's john's future story in the books that we'll never see you can uh let us know what you think um always by going to our tumblr you can send us like anonymous messages you don't have to be anonymous if you have a tumblr account but you can send us an anonymous message on tumblr at close the door and come here.tumblr.com you can email us um at our gmail which is close the door uh and at gmail.com i think yeah. Um, and uh, we we we're pretty sure that Guile is still holding down the fort on Twitter at um, Adore Podcast. Um, if not, uh, you could look for Kamarai on on Blue Sky if you're one of the the lucky few who has an invitation to go there. Three million and counting. Yeah, <laughs> three million people. Such such a drop in the bucket compared to Twitter, but uh, much happier place. I'll say that. Um, and of course, we're always very grateful for the support of our patrons. Um, if you would like to check out our Patreon, you can do that at um, patreon.com slash close the door. Um, and if that's all there is for this episode, I am closing the door. Get out.